You can see who carries the blessing. Amen. And that's everyone. I'm speaking about everyone. Now people are like, I hope it's me. Yes, it's everyone. When I look across the sea of faces sitting in front of me, what I see is the blessing of the Lord. I see a people that have risen up in the power and in the might of the Almighty God. I see a changed people. Amen. And I trust that you are ready for the service this morning as we continue with this powerful series, The Irreversible. Say irreversible. Think about that word for a moment. Once it's been released, it can no longer be taken back. Which means that if you're standing under this blessing, can I say this? No matter what you do, Don't limit God in your life by the boundaries of your own imagination. He's capable of far more than you can ever imagine. I pray for a people, a remnant that can walk in the fullness of all of who He is where you can reach a place and stand as a vessel to reflect and manifest everything that He is to a dying and broken world. I pray that revelation will be your portion and that you will only grow day by day in it and that by the revelation that you receive, from the hands and the mouth of the Almighty God, that you will continually grow spiritually in rank and that you will see your spiritual territory be enlarged with grace and with ease, that no matter where you go, that you will see a manifestation of the blessing of the Lord within, upon and around you, truly becoming a people that are blessed, so blessed, that you will stand as a blessing to many. I speak that. I prophesy upon this church. I prophesy over this house and every member that is a part of it. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. Come on, just give Him a praise offering. Now, I don't want to yell and scream. I'm just going to talk. Otherwise, I lose my voice. And then tonight, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to speak calm, stand here, and stick to what I've got in front of me. Amen? Say the irreversible blessing. I want to... Yes. Thank you, John. For me, it's for me as well. John's the only one who said it's for me. May you have a double portion. I want to share with you five principles of the blessing of the Lord that is crucial for us to understand as born-again believers. Now, we've covered so much over the past three weeks on this topic, and I had to really think deep and 
really go deep to think about what I would say this morning. Amen. Don't take these five. Normally I don't do this. I've gotten out of the mode of doing one, two, three, four, and five. But I want you to take these five principles. I'm not going to be able to cover all five this morning. I will do the first two and then I will cover the, the uh, remaining three tonight. Amen. Do not take it lightly. What we're about to get. Don't think it's just key one, two, three. Principles. The kingdom of heaven is governed by principles. So what I'm giving you when I say that I'm going to give you five principles, I'm giving you five keys. To doors that you have not access to yet. But the key that you receive will be knowledge to unlock a dimension to see the manifestation of something that's behind the door. Because you can never see or feel or experience but you do not carry knowledge of. Does it make sense? So that being said, again stating that I will give you five principles on the blessing of the Lord that is crucial for us to understand. Now, I will be stating as an introduction to the message this morning a few things that we have covered. Not the entire message, just, in a, just as an introduction. Are you guys with me? But it's good. Say revelation. See, revelation works like this. We hit you with something. But it does not always penetrate immediately. And then we come and we bring it into remembrance and we hit it a little bit deeper. And then someone speaks about the same thing again and we hit that thing until it enters into the core part of who you are. Until it steps into your spirit man and saturates everything of who you are. And suddenly something shifts. Suddenly something changes. As the light goes on, say, oh, okay, now I get it. Amen. So, never get into a mindset of where you think, oh, I've not heard this Amen. Are we together? The presence of God is so strong in the atmosphere. You can feel the conference is coming up. Atmosphere is being set. Amen. And uh, Prophet sends his regards. He's in consecration, preparation for the conference coming up. Amen. Make sure not to miss it. Have you registered? How many of you registered for the conference? Raise your hands. Look at your neighbor. If your neighbor have not yet registered, tell them, hey, I'm going to help you quickly. Get your phone. Let me help you. The, 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 trust me. God visitation. Hey, you don't want to miss this. God visitation. Do you know what happens? When God visits you. Okay, that's not the topic for this morning. I'll leave that for prophets. Amen. I'll leave that for the father of the house. And um, so yeah, five principles. I want to get right into it as not to get caught by time as usual. But um, so let's get right into it. Principle number one. Put on the screen for me Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. King James, and this will be my foundational scripture just to kick off this message this morning. And I think by now we can all quote this one. As Prophet stated last week, print this one out and stick it everywhere. Amen. You want to see it when you wake up. You want to see it when you brush your teeth. You want to see it when you get in your car. You want to you see this verse wherever you go. Amen. Let your mind be governed by this verse. 
Amen. And what does it say? Wow, I didn't even say one, two, three. And it's, I'm super proud of you guys. And it was in unity. Yo, not expected that. The blessing of the Lord. It makes rich. And He adds no sorrow with it. Come on, I want you to prophesy over yourself in this morning. Say, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes me rich. And He adds no sorrow to it. What a powerful verse. Are you guys with me? Now, when we look at the word sorrow, it's not a good word. Amen. If I'm asking you this morning, how many of you would like sorrow in your life? Quick, just raise your hands. I'm sure it's no one. Amen. Please understand that sorrow is not part of your covenantal rights. Sorrow is not written in your constitutional rights. It does not form a part of the blessing of the Lord. Are you guys with me? It is not in there. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, New King James, And He said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You might as well say the blessing of the Lord is your strength. This is exactly what you find in the blessing of the Lord. Unspeakable joy. Do you know how I know? who carries and walks and operates under the blessing of the Lord. It is those who walk with an unspeakable joy. It is those whom I see and I know for a fact what they're going through in their lives. I know the situations and the circumstances that they are facing. Yet they walk with their heads held high, their hands raised to heaven, praising and glorifying God and praises entering heaven. And I see fire being released upon those praises, irrespective of what is going on in their lives. Because they know that there is something else at work and it is known as the blessing of the Lord. And that what I'm facing now is but temporal. It will not last. It will, there will come an end. Every season has an end. And this thing will pass. But while I'm going through this, I will walk as if nothing is wrong. And I will praise Him. And I will glorify Him as if there is nothing wrong in my life. The blessing of the Lord. Unspeakable joy unspeakable joy they will ask you how is it possible that you can still stand smiling how is it possible that there's still a laughter coming from your innermost being how is it possible how is it possible and you will respond oh the blessing of the lord 
the blessing of the Lord. It adds no sorrow to it. And then when we get to Psalm chapter 23 verse 6, now it makes sense. New King James. Surely. Surely. What a powerful word. Surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days. Every day. With every step. I am walking in His goodness. I am walking in His mercy. Knowing very well that every step that I take is not me taking those steps, but it's governed by the Spirit of the living God. Oh, it's no longer I who speak, no longer I who breathe, but it's by the Spirit of the living God that I speak. For He orders my footsteps. And His grace will follow me all the days of my life. And I will not depart from the house of the Lord. This is what is written in your constitutional rights as a blood-bought child filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God. This is what forms part of this covenant that you belong to, the covenant of grace that you have gained access to by grace through faith. This is your rights. Can I have an amen to that? I'll be together. Yes. I don't want to preach this morning. I just want to get this out. Say, sorrow is not my portion. It will not know my address. So sorrow means toil. Sorrow means hard work, but in a very negative sense. In fact, another translation will say toil. Are you guys with me? Hard work. And this is where you find people, you might have heard this before, where they will speak this language. And they will say, you know what? I am really struggling to make ends meet. I can barely get through the month. I am struggling. I can, I can barely cover all of the expenses. I'm surviving from month to month, from day to day, and from week to week. And I don't know how long I can carry on like this. Come on now. That is sorrow. It is toil. It is to work hard. And again, I state that this is not written in your constitutional rights. This does not form part of your covenantal rights. This does not form part of the blessing of the Lord. Are you guys with me? No, the blessing of the Lord has got something greater in store for you. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 10 verse 10, King James, Jesus Christ speaking, stating the following words. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come, says Christ Jesus. Oh, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Meaning that every facet, every dimension, every aspect of your life must be in overflow. This is what He had made available to each and every one of us. The question is, will you lay claim to it? blessing of the Lord makes you rich. 
That's no sorrow to it. But now that being said, please understand that I am not saying that you must not work hard or not work. Hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with hard work if you do what God has told you to do. If you work by divine appointments, if you work on divine assignments, there's nothing wrong with hard work. In fact, the Bible is very clear on this take. You don't on this on this principle. You don't work, you don't eat. And so we simply cannot afford just to sit around waiting for things to be dropped into our laps, waiting for everything to be done for me. You see, because that is the mindset of this current generation that we live with. In this day and age with this generation that we live with, unfortunately, have developed this attitude. They have become lazy and they think that everything must be done for them. Everything must just be given to them. I want to tell you in this morning, it unfortunately does not work like that. Are you guys with me? The Bible is very clear when it says that you must be found faithful with a little before you can be trusted with a many, which means that the many cannot and will never come until you have been found faithful with a little. So the question is, how do I be found faithful with a little? It is very easy. You must place an assignment upon the little that you have been entrusted with because the moment that I put it to work, the moment that I give the little an assignment, then I give the blessing of the Lord a place to manifest upon. The moment that I give the little an assignment and I put it to work, you will see it be multiplied. I've just given you an extremely important key. Let me, let me state it again because I want you to take note of this key. This is how it works. The blessing of the Lord works on assignment. Nowhere else. It works on assignment. Meaning the blessing of the Lord needs an assignment to manifest, to go into operation. The blessing of the Lord does need an assignment so that He can find a place where He can manifest upon. And please make note that I'm making mention of the blessing of the Lord as He. In case you've missed it. Are you guys with me? Say the blessing of the Lord. Now, when we speak about working on assignments, if you are a blood-bought child of God, filled with His Holy Spirit, please take note that then we do not lay up for ourselves. We do not gather up for ourselves. We do not take up for ourselves as the world does. Are you guys with me? Say the blessing of the Lord. The Bible speaks of this story, and we all know it. Of a master who went away to a faraway country and he left his servants with talents. Amen. To the one he gave five, to the one two, to the other one one. And the one with five talents, how did he multiply it? He placed an assignment upon it and he put it to work. As it says that he went out and he traded. 
and he multiplied it and he came back with five more. Because the blessing had a place to manifest upon. There was an assignment. You see, we must give God something to work with. And the same with the one with the two talents. He multiplied it because he gave it an assignment. So the blessing of the Lord had a place to manifest upon. But the one with only one talent, what did he do? Come on, we all know the story. He went and he buried his one talent. Are you guys with me? And so when the master came back, the one where the five talents came and he said, listen, look, I've multiplied and I've got five more. And he responded saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because you were trusted and faithful with a little, I will trust you with many things. And he said the same with the one with the two. But now we have the one who buried his one talent and he even lost the one that he had. Which means that we cannot afford to bury, to lay up. We cannot afford to gather up. We cannot afford to store up for ourselves as the world does. Because that is when things start to go wrong. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 19, 20 and 21, New King James. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures here on this earth where moth and rust destroy but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal we do not lay up we do not store up we do not gather up for ourselves as the world does your money, your possessions, your treasures, your wealth, hear me now, it must carry an assignment and it must be put to work. And the assignment that you give it, you better make sure that it's the assignment from heaven. Because the moment that I do that, you will see the blessing of the Lord come upon everything that you do because it needs an assignment to manifest upon. Listen, the blessing of the Lord needs a physical property where it can manifest. Say the blessing of the Lord. It must be put to work. Are you guys with me? Let me just put stuff in context for you quickly. Put on the screen for me Psalm chapter 73 verse 12. King James. That was extremely fast. Thank you. Okay. And it says, Behold, these are the ungodly. Now we get to this familiar statement that you might have heard so many times. Why, why do the people in the world always prosper, but God's people never prosper? You heard that before? You know why? It's because God's people, the majority, don't know what is written in their constitution. They don't know what was done for them on the cross of Calvary. They carry no knowledge or very little knowledge of what have already been made available to them. And therefore they cannot lay claim to it. And they struggle. Are you guys with me? But now we get to this verse and it says, Behold, these are the ungodly, the unsaved, the people in the world. Are you guys with me? Who prosper in the world. They increase enriches but now you have to understand this thing in context what does it mean it means that they lay up 
they store up, they gather up and there's no commission on their wealth. Their wealth have no purpose. There's no mission. It is just there. But what happens to stall standing water? Meaning it will not last. Are you guys with me? You will find a time will come. Listen, it might look to believers from the inside to, I want to now use people in the world on the outside, especially those who prosper, that everything is sunshine and roses and nice in the, in the, in the household. Let me tell you, it's rotting from the inside. It might look good on the outside, but it is rotting on the inside. That I can guarantee you. Whitewashed walls, but there's nothing on the inside. And this cannot last. But when we speak about the blessing of the Lord, this is not what we do. We do not gather up for ourselves. Are you guys with me? Take note of that because I'm getting somewhere. Although I'm giving keys, I'm building up to a main point. Are you guys with me? You see, people in the world have this common attitude and it's because of the way we've been programmed growing up. And you might have heard this. People will say this. I must work hard. Okay, let's just stop there before I carry on. Yes, 100%. You must work hard. Giving that what you do is by divine appointment. It's by assignment given you from God. You guys with me? Many people are doing what they're not supposed to be doing. Amen. I must work hard. Why? Because I must, listen to me, because I must make a living. Really? Or they will say, I must work hard again, 100%. And then they add to that statement, saying, because I must earn. Really? Let me ask you a question. Did you earn salvation? How did you receive it? By grace through faith. Did you earn the Holy Spirit? It's a gift. How did you get it? By grace through faith. Did you earn any of the manifestations of the blessing? Meaning your car, your house, your salary, your job, any relationship that you currently, any manifestation of this blessing. Did you earn it? How did you receive it? By grace through faith. So what makes you think that, listen, now you mean now in context. What makes you think when people say, what makes you think that you must work hard so that you can earn? I know, I know, I know. People are now struggling with what I've just said because it seems like a complete contradiction to many things that I've just said. You see, if the blessing of the Lord is not governing your mind currently, meaning it's not your mindset, and it's not your perspective, then you will think, oh no wait, this is a contradiction. So for that reason, I will try to make this as clear as possible. But before I make it as clear as possible, let me just throw you off a bit more. Put on the screen for me Romans chapter 4 verse 4. New King James. What makes you think you must work so that you can earn? Now listen to this. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace but as debt. Oh dear. So people now again stating, if your mind is not governed by the blessing of the Lord, then you will think this is saying. Listen, I want to be under grace. I don't want to be in debt, meaning the law. So therefore, I must not work. No, 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 no. 
It is not what it's saying. Now to him who works, it's speaking about the one who toils. It is speaking about the one who struggles. It is speaking about the one who is saying that I have done this through my own will, my own might and my own strength. That I have accomplished all that I have accomplished through my own might, strength and ability. The success that I've gained in life, I have done it. This is what it's speaking about. And there's no glory going to God. Now you'll understand when I say, what makes you think that you must work so that you can earn? No, 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 no. We work on assignments by grace, through faith. Nothing I have accomplished in life, I can lay claim to. Nothing that I have accomplished in life, I can take any glory for. It is all but by the hands of the living God, by His Word, by the leading, the guidance, the help, the counsel, by the inspiration of His Holy Spirit. It is but by His grace that I have made it this far. I would not have been here today if it was not for Him. Are you guys with me? Amen. Listen, please understand this, that when you step into an atmosphere where God has placed you, then the job description does not matter. The job position does not matter. If God has placed you there, you will find the blessing of the Lord go into manifestation and it can never be reversed. I don't know if you're hearing me. Meaning, if God have placed you there, then you might think I've been set into a low-level job, a menial job. But if God have placed you there, you will not earn a low-level salary because there's a commission upon it, divine assignments, and the blessing of the Lord have a place to manifest upon. Hope someone is listening in this morning. It is indeed the blessing of the Lord that makes me rich. And He does not add any sorrow to it. What a powerful God we serve. The more that I look at this and the more that I study this, you will find that the blessing of the Lord indeed is the glory of the Lord. It indeed is the anointing. It indeed is the Spirit of the Lord. The blessing is the Holy Spirit. The blessing is the Lord Himself. It is Jesus Christ. It is not an it. It is not a something. It is a someone. And we need to understand that the blessing of the Lord is God Himself. Say the blessing of the Lord. Man, I need you to get something. I need you to get something. Let me explain it to you like this. Put on the screen for me. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, King James. Yes, we're going back right to the beginning. And it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. But now when you study the earliest Jewish manuscripts, you will find that it actually says, In the beginning, the blessed one created. The blessed one. Only the one who is blessed can bless. You cannot bless if you are not blessed. But I've got news for you in this morning that you are blessed. No, wait, I'll show you something that you don't know. Amen. 
So what he's saying in essence, in the beginning, God, the blessed one, Elohim, amen, created the heaven and the earth. And then we get to verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3. And God says, Let there be light. And there was light. But now, when you study this one, in the original Hebrew text, and you put it in a direct translation, it will read differently. The Hebrew text, let me help you. Are you ready for some Hebrew? Amen. Class is in session. So the original Hebrew here says, Va yomer alawim yayi or va yayi or. So va yomer means and said, alawim God. And said God. Okay, so are we together still? Yayi or. Yayi means be, exist or become. Or means light illumination. So and said God, be light. Va yayi or. And be light. So it reads, and said God, be light and be light. Do you get it? So what was God doing? He was commanding and giving an instruction for light to exist. And it became. And then after the existence was spoken, the job description followed. And He said, this is your assignment. Be light. Are you getting it? Be light. Be light. Be light. Why am I saying this? Because God never changes His method of operation. Meaning that if this was the process that He applied back then, it is the same process that He will keep on applying right through even until this very day and age, until this very hour. Are we still together? Have I lost anyone? Are we together? Okay. So now that being said, with this in mind, let's go to verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. But now if you follow the same method of operation, it changes the way we read this verse. And said God, Be man and be in our image, after our likeness. So He commanded creation and then the job description followed. What is the job description? Be in our image often. Do you know what that means? Be man and be in our image. And after our likeness, say the blessing of the Lord. And right there, man was created. Listen, please understand that even before the foundations of this world were set in its place, as it is written in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 King James, According as He hath chosen us, Him, the blessed one, God, hath chosen us. Say He, the blessed one, hath chosen me. Now you're going to get it. According as He, the blessed one, hath chosen us in Him. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. You were created even before the foundations of this earth was set in its place. And even at that very moment, your name was written in a book 
and that book is known as the book of destinies. What a mighty God we serve. Listen, this book holds records of every good thing that you are destined to accomplish here on this earth. I have said this and I say this again, that you are not a mistake. No matter what your parents might have told you, no matter what your friends might have told you, no matter what teacher might have told you, that you're a mistake, that you will add up to nothing, nothing, that you are just good for nothing. I don't care. You have been born by God for a time and in a time such as this. You are not a mistake. There is indeed an assignment upon your life and it is divine. It is by divine appointments that you've been born into this day and age. Book of Destinies. And this book is still active. Sickness and disease is not written in it. Poverty, lack, despair and sorrow is not written in it. But do you know what is written in it? The blessing of the Lord. Come on, say the blessing of the Lord. I'm telling you that the blessing of the Lord has become your very destiny and you have reached that destiny the moment that you were born again and you came onto salvation. I'm preaching far better than you responding. Say the blessing of the Lord. I've caught this revelation. I caught it with everything that I am. And it changed me into another man. As when Saul came into the company of the prophets and the Spirit of God came upon him and the Bible says, and he was turned into another man. This message has turned me into another man. Say the blessing of the Lord. And so right here, in the beginning of the book of Genesis, we find the origin of the irreversible blessing. Are you guys with me? The origin. Let's just put that back up again. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. King James. It's my time. I'll continue tonight. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over all the earth. Are you guys with me? Over everything basically. I'm going to read all verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, male and female created he them. Verse 28. And God blessed them. Now listen, you will find this statement being made throughout Scripture many a times. Have you taken note of that? And God blessed this. And God blessed that. And God blessed them. And God blessed. And God blessed. But have you ever asked yourself, what did He actually say when He blessed? Because there's a certain vocabulary that is encapsulated within the blessing of the Lord that causes it to be manifested. So every time that he says that I blessed or God blessed, what did he actually say? Very good question. And the answer follows. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over everything. I don't know if you guys are getting this. That there is the blessing. 
being spoken. It is a blessing. It's a commandment. Go, be fruitful. Be. He's saying that, listen, you will be this. You will be that. And you will have this. And you will have... I don't know if you're seeing the same thing or hearing what I'm telling you. It's crucial that this thing drop into your spirit. Are you guys with me? So, and God blessed him. So great. Now we get to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, King James. Man was created, everything happened, but the man is still a lifeless, formless being. Are you guys with me? And here, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now listen, we right here in the beginning of Scripture, we can see how God took man. And I can only imagine that He must have taken this man, this lifeless body by his shoulders, and this lifeless body is hanging in the hands of God. And He breathed into his nostrils. What did He breathe? He breathed His Word. And He spoke it right into His face. And He said, be man. And be in our likeness. And be in our image. And be fruitful. And multiply. And replenish the earth. And subdue it. And have dominion over everything. And man became. Are you guys with me? Listen. The very thing that went there into man there by Adam was God's Word mixed with His Spirit. And as I've explained, the mixture and the combination is extremely powerful and dangerous. Every time that God's Spirit mixes with His Word, life will always be the result. Creation will always be the result. And so man became a living soul. He became a living, speaking spirit just like God. Listen, at that very moment, everything that God is and who He is was imparted into man and He became just like God. Do you understand that exactly the same thing happened the moment that you came on to salvation? At that moment, the Holy Spirit, which is the blessing, stepped in and He used the supernatural power of God, His creative power, the same power that He used to raise Jesus from the dead, to cause your spirit man to be reborn. And you became a living, speaking spirit, just like God. That moment you received His ability on the inside of you. Are you guys with me? Which means that you can now accomplish anything. There is nothing that you cannot do. See my voice now. I don't want to preach. It is known as the blessing of the Lord. Say the blessing of the Lord. Some people are struggling with this in their mind. I pray that you will have breakthrough. And I mean it. I mean it with all sincerity. Amen. Say the blessing of the Lord. This means that the very first sound to hit the eardrum of humankind. Some people are getting, you see. Was be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have 
dominion over everything. Listen, this was the very first sound that Adam heard. It was the blessing of the Lord. And you know what is the best of everything? The moment the blessing was released into the earth dimension, it can no longer be reversed. It can no longer be taken back. That is why it is known as the irreversible blessing. And it makes everything available to you. My time can do this which brings us to point number two uh, principle number two and I want to close up with this one this one will go faster your victory is found in the blessing your victory is found in the blessing are you guys with me amen so we see the blessing starting with Adam here in the book of Genesis chapter one amen and then later you'll find the blessing going over to Noah. And then we find the blessing going over to Abraham. Please take note that it's not a different blessing. It is not a separate blessing. It is exactly the same blessing. Are you guys with me? Are we together? So in Genesis chapter 1, God blessed Adam. Amen. But then we get to Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. King James. And you can put that one on the screen for me. And it says, and you guys can just follow, and God blessed. And the blessed one blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, what? Be fruitful and multiply. And re there we have the blessing being spoken again. Does this sound familiar? And then we get to verse 2. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moves upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered. Does this sound familiar? Meaning you will have dominion over everything. Listen, it is not a separate blessing, but it is indeed the same blessing. You see, God had to start over because the gene pool was severely defiled. And so we started over with Noah. And Noah found victory and the blessing. As the Bible says that this was a man that was blameless in his generation and that he walked faithfully. I'm giving you keys with the Almighty God. And he was saved with his family. And the blessing came on him. Are you guys with me? None of you guys are with me. So here we have Noah, we have his sons, and they receive exactly the same blessing. It is the blessing of the Lord. Can I have an amen? Let me move on. Begin, let me move on to Genesis chapter 12. I'm getting somewhere. Just stay with me. Verse 1, King James, and says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, now we're moving over to Abraham. So Abraham, we started with Adam. Noah, now we get to Abraham. Are you guys with me? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. I must stop in five minutes. Okay. Verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Hey, I hope someone is awake now. Verse 3, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curse thee. And in thee shall all families, which is you, of the earth be blessed. Now listen, I have to hurry up. Abraham like Noah 
found great victory in the blessing of the Lord. The Bible holds record of how Lot was taken captive after Sodom and Gomorrah were under siege. And they lost the battle and he was among those taken captive. News of this quickly reached Abraham, who then what? He, he took 318, 318 of his trained servants, not warriors, servants. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go rescue Lot. Are you guys with me? And so, 318 men plus Abraham defeated an army. Three forces, far more superior than them. But you see, he had a divine additive on his side. It is known as the blessing of the Lord. As the Bible says, put on for me, Genesis chapter 14 verse 15, King James. And he divided himself against them. And he and his servants by night, say by night, and smote them and pursued them onto Hobah, which is in, on the left hand of Damascus. Listen, it is not. In those days, it was not good battle strategy. It was not a good idea to go out and to fight by night. Are you guys with me? But they operated. They were blessed. They operated by something that is known as the blessing of the Lord, which means that their victory was guaranteed, which means that if you stand under the blessing of the Lord, I want to tell you on this morning in Counter Church, then that means that your blessing, it means that your breakthrough is guaranteed. It cannot be reversed. In fact, it has already been written and released from eternity. It must now just manifest in this natural dimension. And there is a way that we do that. Are you guys with me? Now the Bible says they did not only conquer them, but in verse 17 it actually says that they slaughtered them, which means that they did not even lose one man. Say the blessing of the Lord. Say the blessing of the Lord. They did not even lose one man. And after this great slaughter, we get to this famous passage where he meets this man, Melchizedek. Our Melchizedek, I'm getting to how he received the blessing. The ultimate one. And Melchizedek brings forth bread and wine. And right there, the gospel is being preached to Abraham. Because bread and wine is communion. And it represents covenants. And Melchizedek blesses Abraham. Are you guys with me? He blessed Abraham and he said, Genesis chapter 14, verse 19. Wow. King James. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Meaning, blessed be Abraham, covenant partner. Are you a covenant partner of the Most High God? Possessor of heaven and earth. Verse 20. And blessed be the Most High God which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Listen, Melchizedek did not call God possessor of heaven and earth. He said, you Abraham, you are a covenant partner with the Most High God. So you Abraham, you are the possessor of heaven and earth. Listen, I can prove it. Scripture backs it up. When we go to the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 13. 
Put on for me the ESV version. It says, for the promise to Abraham. Say, there's a promise that was made to Abraham. Are you guys with me? Not speaking about the blessing now. I'm speaking about a promise now. And what was this promise? It was made to him and his offspring. That he would be heir of the world. It did not come through the law, but through righteousness of faith. Put on for me the New King James. There's something I want to take out that I need you to see. Same verse. And it says, For the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through righteousness of faith. Are you the seed of Abraham? I want you to get this. I'm building up to something. Listen, to be an heir of the world means that I possess everything that belongs to it. Mm. Okay, so you might say, okay, great, Pastor Morton, what does this all mean for me today? Good question. Let me ask you a question. Who is the heir of the world? Let me rephrase. Who is the heir of everything right now? The blessing, Jesus Christ. And He will remain the heir. Are you guys with me? All things belong to Him. I'm telling you, Jesus is Lord of all. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 to 11, King James, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him, speaking about Jesus Christ, and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow to what? Of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, meaning everything belongs to Him. And that at the name of Jesus, every tongue should confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Are you guys with me? I say the blessing of the Lord. He possesses everything. It's a reason why I'm showing all this. Put on the screen for me quickly Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 and verse 8. I'm almost done. Listen to this. And this is about this psalm, it's about the Messiah's triumph. You can almost say this is Jesus Christ speaking about Himself yet. It is Him speaking about Himself. Are you guys with me? And He's saying, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Put on for me the new King James. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Listen, He owns everything. He owns all things. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1 verse 2, the Amplified Classic. But in the last of these days, He has spoken to us, He, the blessed one, has spoken to us in the person of a son whom He appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, through whom He created the worlds and the riches of space and the ages of time. Wow. He's the heir of all things. Now, why did I just say all of this? Now, this thing is going to drop into your spirit. Say heir. Put on for me Romans chapter 8, verse 17, NIV. Okay, I'm going to read because of time. And it says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. I don't know if you're getting this. This means that through Christ Jesus and by the promise, say by the promise, 
you have become is of the world. Listen, in fact, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 29, New King James, and if you are Christ, meaning if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and is according to the promise. I don't, listen, you need to see what I'm seeing here. It says that you have become an heir according to what? According to the promise. But now I have to ask, who is the promise? It is indeed the blessing, say the blessing of the Lord. The promise is the Holy Spirit. Put on the screen for me, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, New King James. And being assembled together with Him, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which He had said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. And so we get to the famous verse 8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses, and then you shall become an heir of the world. By the promise. So you become an heir by the promise. By the Holy Spirit of the living God. So in Christ, you are both Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to the promise. This means that if you belong to Christ right now, you have become an heir of the world. And let me remind you what this means. To be an heir of the world means that you possess everything that belongs to it. Meaning all things are now yours. Are you guys with me? Put on for me 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 21. New King James. Listen to this. First book of Corinthians chapter 3 verse 21 to 23. And follow with me on the screen. It says, Therefore let no one boast in men. For all things are yours. Verse 22, whether Paul or Apollos or Kephas or the world of life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. Verse 23, and you are Christ and Christ is God. Listen, the very reason why everything and all things are now yours is because you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God, which means that you are only a trustee now, a manager of someone else's possessions. Because it all belongs to Him. He just gave you dominion over all of it. Are you guys with me? This should govern absolutely all your choices about what you do with all God's things. Say the blessing of the Lord. I'm saying that you must become a blessing.